blue skies cool. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line, on our wings, and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Uh, three, <laughs> ready, set, go. This is another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. My name is Ray Kubiak, and I'm sitting here with this fine gentleman here. Um, hey, tell me, sir, who the fuck are you, and what do you do? Uh, Jake Jensen. Jake Jensen skydived professionally for quite a few years and 
kind of retired now, but working for Flight One Military. Yeah. Not a bad gig. Yeah, I'm digging it. All right, so I want to back us up. I want to back, back us up to the beginning of your journey, Brent. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck? How do you go from um, skydiving to Flight One Military? You just said that all nonchalant. Like, that isn't pretty <laughs> fucking cool, dude. Like, so yeah. where did it start uh, for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I felt pretty lucky about it. I was on SCC Corps VFS team, and um, our we had a five-year contract. I was with them from the beginning of the team, and the contract was up. And, and we were at the World Cup down in Arizona, and I was referred by someone to Flight One for an interview. And as we were training just before the comp, I had a phone interview with um, flight one military and, and it just turned out that they liked me. And right after the world cup was over, I was able to shadow a course, kind of get trained up and stuff like that to see if they really wanted to hire me. And that went well. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And that's about two and a half years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm loving it. How did you, how did you get involved in, in skydiving? How did that ever happen? You know, just a random tandem, just like everybody else. Um, it's funny because I was kind of digging a chick that um, you would know and a lot of a lot of the people kind of know, but she's not a big name in the sport by any means. But um, she was like, hey, come out and do a tandem. And mm-hmm. I, I did and landed and I was like, I want to be a skydiver. <laughs> was, that, like, was your first I'm, tandem in Ogden? It was. Yeah, that's why you would know or Steph Gardner. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. Her and so Plammer. Who, who was your, uh, your tandem instructor? Um, Tyson Sugihara. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I, I know him. He was out there for quite a while. Maybe, maybe it was after your time, but yeah, I, it baffles me that I've been, I, it baffles me that I haven't been back to Utah in so long. And, uh, I have such love for that place and like just the people. I miss that so bad. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I tell people this all the time. Like coming from Utah, I thought that every crew in the skydiving world, wherever you went, was like that crew. And they're not like, (laughs) they're just, uh, it's like a different breed. I don't know what it is. Like it's family. It's and it's family everywhere. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy. Like people will comment on. Like my wife will even say it. She's like, "Yeah, there's, there's nothing like that crew." Bro. But we had, we had a connection from. They still do. It's the, it's the, Utah to Mesquite to Vegas yeah. connection, dude. Like. It was super dope. We'd have those boogies out at, at, at uh, Mesquite, and I don't know, the shit was just popping. And you think about the guys that, like, nobody, nobody knew who the hell any of us were. Like, <laughs> Clammer. Like, Clammer was packing tandems, bro. Like, yeah. Kai Kai. <laughs> Kai Kai was, like, went through AFF or some shit. Or maybe he did that in Hawaii. I, I don't know. Tim McMaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Axel Zoman and, and Yoko were out there. Um, it's crazy. Freeland, it's Carson crazy. How- like I was out there like, dude, just normal ass people, like just 
<laughs> doing the thing like um uh josh akins uh you know you know josh yeah all the he, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was it was such a rad crew man like so fortunate to have been a part of that for sure and miss those fuckers so bad sharky like dan and sharky yeah <laughs> dan and sharky like dan's brother fucking yep. yeah man that was and then and after that, i left you started right like i was gone yeah. like work passing across until yeah. did you start working in the wind tunnel as well yeah, I did in Utah later on. I started in Utah and worked in the in the guy throwing drugs, video, all that kind of stuff, you know, before I went to the tunnel. But but even like going back to the, the group of people that have come from Utah, like so everybody you just mentioned, like Timmy, Flammer, um, you and the Kogan hours, and Yoko and yeah. you know, World Champions, and then but it just keeps going, you know, like yeah. then, then like the next generation Bordo. does the end. And dusty. Kai Kai. fucking dusty. And yeah. and then like Argyle, you know, and me and Argyle started together and he's my best friend in the sport. And dude, he he's done it all too. Started Shred the Nar. Everybody's seen Shred the Nar, you know, and it's yeah. just like that place just pumped people out. And I don't know, I don't know what it is because it's a seasonal drop zone, like a small seasonal drop zone, and like a bunch of world champions have come from that that place but you know i think it's important to understand where you are what, what where your drop zone is in the pecking order like yeah. the the medium drop zones and this is my opinion but yeah. when i'm looking at the industry as like a how does this how does the dynamic work and like it when when drop zones that are medium drop zones medium being anything more you if you have a, a twin otter or a fucking or caravan you're you're a medium-sized drop zone right um, yeah. and then if you have multiple big aircraft then you're a bigger drop zone. Um, and if you have the, the, the traffic that says, Hey, come, come, come here and do that thing. But yeah. like Eloy, it's hard to go out to Eloy and be like, all right, I'm going to go through AFF. Okay. Now I'm going to pack parachutes. Okay. Now I'm going to start shooting tandem video. Okay. Now I'm going to get my tandem rating and my AFF rating. And now I'm going to be a professional skydiver. It's like, nah, you do that to medium sized drop zones and they're the farm teams for the bigger drop zones, Chicago, um, Arizona, right? So you yep. show up with 3000, 2000 jumps. I showed up in Eloy 1500 jumps and was like, or 1200 or some shit. I was like, hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody with like 10,000 skydives. I'm Ray. Um, <laughs> but I had a product that back, you know, my tan, my tan video was dope, son. Yeah. Right. legend has it it hasn't been one shot that good since um i gotta adjust my lighting real quick hold on that's a little that gives me a a nicer glow um Sorry. they uh when drop zones are big or when drop zones try to run like eloy it's like okay cool you have to be able to farm your neck like you constantly have to have a university where it's a mentorship program constantly. You're constantly making and finding your next staff because your current staff isn't going to be there in two years. They're going to be in Eloy or in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think in that time period that we were in Ogden, I, I can't speak to it now because I haven't been out there in a long time, but they had a really good program. Like we were all helping each other and just kind of like the opera 
Brian Wallace really made the opportunity happen for a lot of people. He made it happen for me. Yep. I had an anger rage one time and threw my camera at, I broke my camera. It was the most embarrassing (laughs) thing I've ever done. Threw my camera at the freaking lockers. And, uh, and then when I finally came down off of being a psycho, um, in my defense, I was on Wellbutrin to try to get off of smoking cigarettes. And, uh, that shit, that shit got me whack for a second. And being diabetic, that wasn't taken care of. Being an alcoholic diabetic didn't help. So, um, (laughs) it's water for me now. Um, Brian, he didn't, he didn't accept, you know, he, he, he wasn't very, um, he's never an emotional man. Right. But Uh, he he brought me to um, Best Buy and bought me a camera so that I could continue working. Yeah. Like, like I paid him back, but I didn't have the money for a camera at the time. So he made it happen, you know, and if I wanted to go through AFF, he probably would have paid for that. And I could have worked it off. If I wanted my tandem rating, I could have got that and paid it off. Like that's cool shit, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's when I got my rating from him as far as tandems and yeah, gave me the rating, worked for it, gave me the rating, paid it off. Right. And that's, yeah, that's how they are for sure. Right. Well, if you don't have staff, you don't, you don't make any money. (laughs) I mean, you just have airplanes sitting on the ground. That's shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember I, I went to Eloy and then Brian, Brian and Su- Su- Susanna came and visited. And he's like, how's this coaching shit work? And I was like, you know, he didn't say shit, but he's like, how's this coaching work? People pay for that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yep. When you're in the Vegas of, uh, Vegas of drop zones, like people pay for coaching. Like everybody, like when you go to Elo, you expect that you're going to get world-class training and you're going to pay for it. Right. So it was easy for me to go and like set up shop, put up a flag and be like, especially when I had like Jason Peters on one side and Curtis on the other, and their cup was just overfilled. And (laughs) when their cups would overfill, this is how I got my shit. When their cups would overfill, they'd be like, Hey Ray, can you take on a student? And I'd be like, hell yeah. And then it just, I got busy, like busy, busy. Right. And, uh, yeah. that just like that thought eludes people that come from like Utah where it's like, I remember Tom Rozier. Did you ever meet Tom Rozier? Worked with him. Like yeah. all yeah. Tom Rozier was like, when I first showed up in Ogden, I was like, you guys want coaching? I started sugar shack free fly school. Like <laughs> you can pay for coaching. And he was like, I, I was roommates with him. He's like, I ain't paying for fucking coaching. I was like, huh? He's like, who the fuck's going to pay for coaching? What are you talking about? And I was like, all right, I'll do it for free. <laughs> I just want to do it. I was paying for my own slot to like go up and teach other people how to jump. It was awesome. Well, that's the thing that's crazy about Ogden. It, it was so progressive. Like it, it produced so many great skydivers and stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I never even heard of organizing until I right. went to a different drop zone. Like, right. Till I left Ogden because they never had organizers. Right. There was no paid coaching or anything like that. Right, so right. kind of backwards there, you know, I'm like, right. How are they producing so much damn talent? There's no coaching. Like <laughs> we put a little bit too much, uh, a little too much uh, credit on, on, on what we do or something. Cause that's funny, man. Yeah. So let, let me ask you, cause I'm, I'm super interested in this. How, how do you go? All right. So you start working at the tunnel. Did you know Dusty already? Did Dusty hire you? Did how'd that go down? So funny story. So started skydiving, 
Um, my best friend growing up in high school, his dad built the Utah tunnel. And he was like, Hey man, you should, you should get a job at the tunnel. It would be awesome. And this was even before, right before I started skydiving. And I'm like, I just graduated college. I'm like, huh, I'm not going to go work for like $12 an hour, even for a cool job. Like <laughs> hell no. And, uh, so I, I pushed it off for a while, started skydiving, just did that for a while video through drugs and stuff like that. The tunnel was built and I'd go fly in the tunnel here and there, but, um, I didn't start when the tunnel opened there. And then I think it was maybe five or six years after they were open that I finally was like in a place in my career, it's kind of getting burned on tandems. And so got a job at the tunnel and I was there for five or six years before I moved on. The dynamic at that tunnel was different too, huh? It's like, yeah, dude, it was, they did so much coaching there which was great because it made us as tunnel instructors yeah. like talent just through the roof because Crazy, if you're right? in the wind flying, right, you would know you're, you're learning too. So, right. and that's like 90% of our business was just coaching because we were the cheapest tunnel in the country at the time. And you guys so, created an awesome situation there because yeah. when I moved to Ogden, I lived in one of uh, the Wallace's rounds. Yeah, and it was literally, I could look out the window and see a demolished mall, yeah. you know. Yep. And uh, I would tell people all the time, "What I can teach you in a whole season skydiving, I can teach you in twenty minutes in Vegas, Vegas's tunnel." Like, yeah, like we need a wind tunnel. And all yeah. of a sudden, he says, "It was the, my last summer there." He says, "We're gonna, um, they're gonna put a wind tunnel right there." I was like, we're the fucking mall that didn't work. They're gonna put a <laughs> they're gonna put a wind tunnel where where the mall that didn't work is going. Like right next to the Mormon temple there. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. All right. Um good luck with that. Like, you know? And then yep. they opened up and it was like a re like a like a they're trying to make the, the city look pretty again, right? Yeah. And what, they've what done do they it. call that? re revamping yeah. the uh, the area or whatever but they've done a really good job um yeah like the, i want to go back there so bad you it would blow your mind i'm actually here right my now. mind believe it or not i'm here right now um but Holy it's shit. like let's go to the tunnel let's do it <laughs> oh changed let's time. go on a field trip yeah lunatic fringe goes on a field trip uh, um dude so the situation that I had in Ogden or, or not in Ogden in uh, Arizona, you guys created that for yourselves. Like it always bothered me so bad that the, some of the, some of the people that were making the rules on how to coach in the tunnel actually never really coached in the tunnel. It was all theory. It was all training. Yeah. You know, like how many tunnels out there, like the people, they think they're, they think they're coaching, they think they're coaching at a high level. And it's like, they have two students, five year period, they've taught 20 people how to fly head down. It's like, yeah. dude, I, we were doing that weekly, dude. Like we had, yeah. we were just like, all right, cool. What do you want to learn? I'll face carving. Cool. Put $5 on or put five hours down cool let's focus on this boom do 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 and then they could do it and it was like all right cool next like yep and then 
you guys created that with low pricing and out of necessity because you yeah. weren't doing anything, right? And exactly. And the situation you guys have is awesome. People are like, yeah, yeah, but it's a small tunnel. I'm like, dude, give me a small tunnel and a bunch of students all day long. I'll crank yeah. that shit up. And everybody was having a ton of fun. Like, safe. You guys have a great safety record. Like, yeah, yeah dude. And that's and highly, kind of- highly skilled, highly skilled people. And you get highly skilled by, by practicing the craft of yeah. communicating with people in a language that none of us speak. Yep. And you learn by doing right. Like you yeah. got more, more time in the wind you have, the better you are as a coach. So yeah. we kind of took that from, from you guys, from the, the Arizona tunnel and everybody called, called us the cowboy tunnel, you know, like reckless. We got the same shit. Yeah. We're jealous of how much coaching we were doing or whatever, right. but, but granted we, we would like, we'd bring students off the net on their head in like, as soon as we could we wouldn't follow all the exact you know tunnel rules and stuff like that so we were kind of a cowboy tunnel but it works and it'll work there's part of that conversation that always gets like like left behind right and it's this you weren't a cowboy tunnel because you were current as shit with what you were doing yeah You, you did it every single day like you knew that if you made mistakes like telling a person to do something a little premature and then seeing the outcome and then protecting them, you know, yeah. and then being like, dude, put that in the roll decks. I'm never saying that again. I'm never doing it that way again. I'm not, I'm not doing that again. Like, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like, and yeah. is there a lot of luck involved in that progression for sure. But once you're at a spot where you're doing that much that often, like as long as you don't get complacent, as long as that complacency bug doesn't bite you and you listen into that little voice inside your head, that's saying, Hey dude, it can go South any second like um yeah dude that's that progression just skyrockets if you scale it up to the lowest common denominator you can't do what we did in eloy and what you guys were doing in utah in in tunnels that are like in the midwest you know what i mean like or like in the center of the country like that they don't have a lot of traffic you know it's colorado was busy with coaching as well like yeah those are highly skilled people in florida Florida tunnels have always been successful, you know, like you see yeah. talent pools that just kind of pull up. It's like, oh. and then you have other tunnels. I won't mention that. It's just kind of like, I could see a person fly and be like, yo, are you from fill in the blank? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know that? It's like, <laughs> you fly head down kind of like crooked, like the whole time, like, cool. <laughs> you don't know how to sit fly. Yeah. Why don't you know how to do that <laughs> like, <laughs> at all? Um, Cool. How did you, uh, how did you, how did, how did, so where's the connection to Chicago? Like, yeah, so it, it really came through Dusty Hank. So Dusty had just tried out for SCC Corps. They were obviously Nexus out in Dubai. And then Jason Russell and Steph came out to Chicago and we're starting a new team, SCC Corps. So um, Dusty Hanks tried out, got the gig. And then he asked if, he referred me and he's like, Hey, do you want to be on or like, uh, hell yeah. And I was at a, a time in life where I, like I needed a good change too. Yeah. And it was just perfect timing. And were they established as a team already? Um, no, like just training for the first nationals at that point. They're building a team. Got you. 
So I was kind of an original. Well, they first came out with Derek Cox and Tim McMaster, who was on their team in Dubai. But then Derek left and Tim left. And so that's why they brought on. That's when they started search teammates. They brought on Ryan Risberg and Dusty Hanks. Ryan Risberg, dude. And me. Yeah, dude. He's one of my best friends, man. Oh, was- fucking love that guy. Yep. Sure. Damn, I just had one of those moments where uh, you said his name and I, you, know, you like remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. Damn, dog. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, I'm a moment of silence for our boy. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So, um, you were shooting camera. Yep. Nerve wracking ass job. Dude, it's tougher than people. At the higher think. level. Yeah, I was. You I fucked was, that up, but <laughs> you fucked yeah. that up. They got no points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's a tough job in VFS. Like FS is quite a bit easier. You know, you can just post up and shoot over the top. But VFS, you're constantly moving, trying not to get grips blocked by feet and stuff like that. So yeah. it's tough. And that's why I liked it because it was challenging enough that it never got like you know just boring for me or whatever it was it was hard till the very end <laughs> i absolutely love shooting video yeah me too just in general i loved it yeah. it's like you get high behind that camera and like you're just <laughs> framing objects right just like yeah. boom, boom. and then you know i did a little bit of shooting for some belly four-way that shit was fun as hell like yeah you find your little burble pocket like your little pockets <laughs> You know, and yeah. you're just like, all right, now I'm going to shift over here. And now I'm going to shift over here. Like, fucking yeah. dope. So sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But that is a nerve-wracking job. That job is slept on. Like, I don't think a lot of – it's odd, but a lot of people don't think about the fact that what they're watching is being shot by somebody wearing a camera. Obviously, yeah. obviously, that's more – maybe more people think about that than I'm giving credit for. But I always feel like that job gets slept on. And the alternate – the alternate gets slept on. Heard somebody yeah. with the why? Why do they have so many people up there getting medals? So I was like, because that's the alternate. Like, oh, you got a medal for doing nothing? I was like, no, dude. They got to yeah. They got to be at competition speed with the least amount of training time. And like, if somebody twists an ankle, they bust out their knee or something, and have to go to the hospital. God, God, will and that shit don't happen. But if it does, <laughs> you went from being, you went from being on the bench to like in the big show quick. Well, that's funny. You say that because that happened to us. So oh, we, really? were, we were going to the world. Germany. We were organizing at Summerfest because that's part of our contract and stuff like that. The very last jump, I got kind of the group that I was with, uh, that I was organizing kind of put me in the basement, which was fine. I pulled and I ended up having to land off kind of between the cornfields, perfect, nice grassy area between the cornfields came in ended up stepping in a hole and i like roll hit the hit the ground kind of a fast plf i guess and my shoulder i didn't know what happened in the moment but i rolled over i was in tons of pain and i rolled over and i was like what's going on with my shoulder and i thought maybe i broke my collarbone because i'd done that before the pain was feeling similar and i looked over and my shoulder was like right here oh i I was this close to passing out. Was it above I, the, was it above the collarbone? So yeah, it just came out like to the front. Shoulder to the front. 
And literally I was about to pass out and I just reacted. I rolled over on my reserve tray, which kind of brought the rig across my shoulders and I just hit it and it popped back in. And I've never felt like that feeling was the going from the worst man I've ever felt to like the best. <laughs> Knowing, like, right. Oh, but then literally we were supposed to fly out to Germany the next day for the world cup. And then that hit, I'm like, I'm like, I'm hurt. This is not good. And so I called teammate and I'm like, Hey, I'm hurt. I called Steph and I said, Hey, I'm hurt. Come. Can you come grab me? This is where I'm at. Blah, blah, blah. They came, got me. And then it was like instant team meeting because we, we were like 12 hours away from flying, flying out. And it was like, what do we do? Blah, blah, blah. Sam Lindell was our uh, alternate. I remember when this happened and he yeah, flew. I felt so bad for you. Cause you couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. Holy. And Sam really jumped on a flight, like within an hour. Rock Cause star. he had, California to get his passport so that he could fly to Germany. So he flew a, like a red eye to, to California, got his passport. And then he had to shoot video, which he had never trained. He'd only trained inside. And <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. He'd only done, he'd only trained to be an outdoor cameraman in inside. No, he was an inside flyer. Oh, so, I'm an idiot. He, I thought never indoor skydiving because that's my pocket, right? So yeah, I was like, okay, all right, cool. Thank you. Continue on. Yeah, he was he was training to be the alternate, like any other alternate on a VFS team to fly, you know, inside the group. Yeah. He never show. And no matter how good a flyer you are, <laughs> I don't like VFS video takes some time to like get good at because it's just awkward and different. And, and man, he was like <laughs> every every jump during the competition I was watching, he was just like, circling. <laughs> just orbiting, like, like not knowing, because, you know, he doesn't have the sight, but like, he didn't know where those pockets are. Yeah. Right. So he's just like, I'm keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Like, that's fucking funny, dude. And yeah. to a victory. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, um, they got weathered. So they only did five jumps and because <laughs> gradually, it was just getting worse and worse, <laughs> but they, they won by a handful of points, but I bet if it would have went 10 rounds, they might, they might have struggled. <laughs> That's fucking funny. You know, it's not, it's not our proudest win, but like, I don't know. It says a lot about the team when you diversity, you gotta, you gotta adjust, right? For sure. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. At the time it sucked though. I remember, I actually remember you were in a sling, huh? Yeah. Did you sling up and then you were you were standing up there in a fucking sling, getting a medal and feeling like well, you go to the man and just like you said it. You should just <laughs> went for it, Jake. Jesus. I'm just messing with you. You made the right choice. Well, no, you're still jumping, right? I couldn't even go to Germany, which sucked because it was my first like international competition. I was so stoked about it. And since it before you left, like oh, I that's right. You were posting from your house, from your couch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what made it fucking bummer. Yeah, that's where all those because so I was like, you know, drugged up a little bit and I was watching the first rounds on TV. I had no shirt on taped up shoulder in my sling and I sent a video to SCC core on their Facebook. I'm like cheering for you guys. I love you. And dude, it just <laughs> people were funny and like Sam Lindell made a video and he's like, oh, hey, Jake, I didn't see you there. And then Tim McMahon <laughs> one and <laughs> Everybody made one. <laughs> oh, hey, Jake. Didn't see you there. Yeah, yeah dude. That was funny. 
yeah. That's funny shit. Yeah, don't put Tim McMaster on anything. He'll uh, he's a he's a level ten shit talker, huh? He, he's Dude, I, to the core. He's my he's my brother, and yeah. so for those of you listening, go check it out. The Tim McMaster OA Jake didn't see you there because it's like full production. Like he <laughs> brought hilarious, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> was that the one where he had the golf cart and he just jumps off the golf cart and it's he's still probably- rolling? Yep, he's so smooth all- with it, dude. <laughs> yep. I should interview him. Funny story about him. We're in Ogden. And uh th- he was so young that he couldn't drink, like he couldn't buy beer. You know, I walk up to him, I'm like, yo, what do you, what do you got on that beer money, son? <laughs> no, I think I said, Hey, get let me see your wallet. And he took his wallet out of his pocket. He was so quiet back then. He handed me his wallet, and I opened it up and I took like a 10 or a 20 out of it. He's like, what, what are you doing? I was like, you're paying beer money, fool. I threw his wallet back at him. And he's like, but I don't drink beer. And I was like, it ain't for you. Like, <laughs> went and bought beer. Um, he comes up to me one time and uh, damn, John, Big John. Do you know Big John? I oh, yeah. His last name. I, um, I should know this, but yeah, yeah. I know. Like John and Robin and those guys. Um, he goes, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go sit flying and John's going to belly fly and I'm going to surf his back. And I'm like, bitch, you just got off of AFF. Like, <laughs> he was like, will you film us? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I want to show. This is going to be epic. I'm like, you know, and I start, you know, and he's got the pins. You don't want to knock the pins out. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know when he learned how to sit fly, dude. I have no idea when he learned how to do this, but we leave the plane and I don't ever expect to see him again, you know? And next thing I know, here he comes, sit flying and he just comes down and he just sticks it, dude. Like John's like belly flying. I know this would be a better representation of that. He's belly flying and Tim comes in. Dink. Like ever so gingerly and it stands up and I'm, I'm filming it going, Holy, I'm, I'm saying the whole time. Holy shit. Holy shit, that's cool. Holy yeah. shit, that's cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know when he learned it. I honestly don't. I felt like he went through AFF and then, like, could sit fly. I, I don't know. Boom. Knowing how to free fly, dude. He's yeah. he's most talented skydivers in the world. I'm not yeah. kidding. That ain't, that's a, that is a fact. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so you get, so we go from, so how many competitions did you end up competing with a uh, core? So five uh, national championships that we won, um, and then two world championships, and then two World Cups. One of those, obviously, I didn't go to on the World Cup side, but you were there. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> you were there. Which was what? It, we never lost, which was fun. <laughs> yeah, call that running the gauntlet where I come from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I made that up. So cool. That's amazing. That was good. So where are those medals now? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're in a fucking box oh, up in the I, closet somewhere. They're by my bedside, like little, like a uh, box that I just put shit in. <laughs> right. I'm going to yeah, start, start a shadow box company for like guys like you and Rook, like Amy Shimalecki that just got all these metals that aren't doing <laughs> shit or another company that takes all of that metal and melts it down for grills there we go 
that'd be dope. You know, that would be- do you ever, do you ever go down memory lane and just put all of the medals on and then <laughs> walk around the house? Um, no, there's been a few Naked. like parties like Nate. Yeah. Where I'm, yeah. where I'm, you know, wearing, wearing all the metal doing the thing. Um, <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> I want all these medals. Did, um, did you guys have a kid? No. So I have, I have a son and my, my wife. Has, so mine's 15 and hers is 14. Yeah. So you need, a, you, need you need a shadow box. You just put that up. And that kid gets yeah. mouthy later on in life. Be like, look, bitch, you ain't done nothing. <laughs> Check it. <laughs> I remember calling my son from Australia because I was down there for his birthday mm-hmm. a day early because we were in Australia. So I called him and I'm like, hey, happy birthday, buddy, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, tomorrow, dad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, well, we're just celebrating. And and uh, I was just wanted to wish you a happy birthday and let you know that I won a world championship. And he's like, dad, that's that's all you do is win. <laughs> It's always stuck with me of the funny came out of his mouth. That's my fault. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you say, you say, son, that's because it's, it's my fault that I win because I'm trained to win. Yeah. Eat your vegetables. Yep. Do your homework. He's a stud too. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, is your girl there right now? No, I'm in Utah. Um, so I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. Cool. But I'm out here a lot because my son's still out here and um, just came from a contract in Arizona. So I scooted up here to spend a little time with the family. And, but I'm going home in a couple of days. Dope. Yeah. yeah. Nice little Utah trip. Replenish. And then. I miss it. Do you, yep. uh, do you jump when you're out in, in Utah or you just visit family, friends, barbecue? Yep. Maybe go Pretty shred the gnar in the tunnel a little bit. Yeah. I haven't flown in the tunnel here for like a few years, a couple years. Yeah. I haven't jumped here. So it's always just seeing people right. <laughs> when I come. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, you know, that non-skydivers. I haven't jumped in a hot minute, but I still consider myself not to be a non-jumper. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's still in my heart. But yep. if if it was the if it was the forty five seconds of free fall or minute of free fall that kept us coming back, then I don't think I don't think anybody would have thousands of jumps. Yeah, like it's <laughs> fucking people, man. Like yep. it's cool. Now, dude, there's a couple nutters out there. Don't get me wrong. The oh, eagles yeah. everywhere, but um, but. That's one group of people. If you if if you haven't been out to a skydive mesquite fucking boogie, <laughs> I don't know if they're still popping, but dude, Brad Jesse runs a good show out there, and those boogies are bomb. Like, they are. They're still going off. Like still doing the poker afterwards, and like like going to the I, poker tables and getting dollar <laughs> Heinekens, and then riding go karts. Is, is that I, shit still popping like that? Yep, it's the best mm. place to like because I love playing playing cards blackjack hold right. them or what so every night the casinos are right there all kinds of fun stuff to do yeah so the the blue skies boogie it was the anniversary just this last year and i i was working and couldn't go i wish so bad i would have made that one because did they do like that, a film festival style yeah oh, just fuck, what, i love it 
what they always do, like the 30 year anniversary, 20 year anniversary or whatever of, of the, of the plane wreck and mm. everybody like showed up, like so many of the old school people showed up to that boogie and I was oh, yeah. super. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't I think, uh, yeah, that plane wreck was, it had taken me like four years to get 200 jumps yeah. and that wreck happened. And then I, I was working for a leadership development school and for the wind tunnel at the same time. And I said, fuck this, man. I'm telling everybody to go live their dreams and like, whatever. I ain't even, I'm looking at pictures on my cubicle wall of skydiving, you know, and then that wreck happened. And I was like, fuck, they're going to need people, you know? So yeah. I, I called up Scotty Freeland. He was like, come live with me. I freeloaded off of his ass for fucking <laughs> eight months, dude. Like went out there, we were skydiving, like, you know, trying to start it over again. And yeah. uh, I didn't have the confidence before that to like, I, I couldn't bring myself to do like five jumps in one day. I would do a skydive and be like, I'm tapped. <laughs> you know. And then after that, that was kind of like the, that was kind of like the, well, you're doing it now. Like you're doing it, go do it. If you're going to do it, do it. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a rough period. That was 20 years ago. 20 years. Yeah. Fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. All I right. know. I'm going to switch gears real quick. Sounds good. I came up with a, would you rather situation? Okay. All right. Would you rather lose your sense of taste forever, right? So okay. a steak and a pile of dirt tastes the same, right? <laughs> Cat food and oatmeal tastes the same, right? Yeah. Or lose all feeling in your, in your genital region. <laughs> now, it, it still functions you don't have ED, like it functions totally normal. Yeah. Right? And you still have the magic moment, like totally normal. Right. But, yeah. but instead of getting that sensation, you have a temporary, a temporary blindness. <laughs> and my, my theory is, is that that will trigger the same response you would have had, had you had your moment. Um, the, Oh God. Like, cause you're worried that the, your eyesight isn't coming back. Right. Um, what do you choose? Man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm only going to go with the, uh, the, uh, the feeling in the, in the genitals. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's because if, I'm still, if we're still, if everything's working mm -hmm. properly, all that means is that I can, I can last longer. Yep. I think you're correct with your answer. There is my no wife, right or wrong. My wife would love it even more. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you guys would have something in common. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not feeling much. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, I was thinking about that. I was like, dude, could you imagine? Could you imagine? And I know COVID took people's sense of smell and taste, and some of them haven't got back, and I pray they get that shit back. Cause I can't imagine being like seven years old. Like, what do you have when you're that old? You have to be able to eat something. Yeah, you know what I mean, for sure. <laughs> you, think, you think you think you're gonna be that old man sucking on a Werther's original? You don't have any sense of taste. Yeah. No, Life's no, not great. <laughs> ain't gonna happen. 
Like that, yeah. that weed, that weed's going to hit. It's so much different. If, <laughs> if, if, if you can't even eat munchies after that, like, <laughs> you're like oh, I think I'm eating a munchie. Oh shit. It's styrofoam. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that. Honey, I got into the packing peanuts again. Like, yeah. That's funny, dude. Cool. So yeah, who, that- who, who's been your biggest inspirations in the sport? Man, like, I don't know. There's just so many. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, with just all the, all the people that have we come went down the hit list, didn't we? Yeah. Every, everybody that's come through Utah, like we mentioned earlier and, but they were my mentors and mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time how, you know, how, how good awesome they- you had it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. Right. Hindsight's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many, but, Outside of the Utah crew, I, I would honestly say, like, I was always a huge fan of VFS and stuff like that. So I'd say um, Shemi, Steve, and, and Sarah, because, like, they were kind of our, our home team, you know, like, mm-hmm. best goes being from Utah. We wanted, we cheered them on. Like, I, I put money in their raffles for their team raffles and stuff like that. I'd always go to the holiday boogie and jump with them. And so they were who I looked up to. And oh, especially Ty Losey. Yeah. I would say hands down, Ty would be my biggest mentor. That's like right. I do a sit fly jump with him at down at the holiday boogie. And it was me and Johnny Kokenauer. And I'm over here, Johnny's over there, and he's just on his feet, taking a dock, taking a dock on me. And I was like, mine goddamn <laughs> ice skater in the air. Yeah. What is this? I- Blade yeah but it's crazy because then then i against these guys and and ladies you know like and now they're my friends like i just worked a contract and shemi was she a few months ago they had a demo and they needed some pyro and it was here in utah and i'm like hey i got her hooked up with pyro and all that stuff and she was telling me about it the other day she's like you saved the day and that's and i was like man these people were my my icons early on, you know, and now, now they're like my friends. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cool. Hey man, pretty- how long have we been on? I'm looking for a timer on this thing. Cause it's going to uh, kick me out eventually. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, the, uh, yeah. Shimaleki, man. She is, she is one of my favorite people. On yeah. Earth. Yeah. They, <laughs> now she's in the hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. now she doesn't talk to people like us no more. Yeah. <laughs> now she doesn't have to. Well, that's how cool she is. <laughs> yeah, dude. Now I have to like just live vicariously through her Red Bull videos. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. So that's cool. Did uh, I had another thing I was going to ask you? Oh, a couple more questions. Did you uh, do you have any advice for somebody starting off in this sport? You know, um, got any go-to advice that you're like, man, I say this to everybody. Yeah. I would say just, just enjoy, enjoy the group and just don't put like stipulate. Like I think a lot of the newer skydivers are coming out and being like, I got to be here. I want to be here. I want to do this. And they're passing up so many like Mm. experiences. Like we talked about with, with the drop zones and, and spending evenings with they're becoming family, you know? And I think so many skydivers just want to be rippers, which they can totally do now because they can go spend 
right. tons of money on hunter skydives later they're full on rippers but 200 skydives later they're burned out yeah yeah they've done exactly. it all like yeah they're done that yeah. yeah so enjoy enjoy the enjoy the sport enjoy the group and as you progress through it no matter how you choose to do it nice yeah part yeah. of me part of me sad that tunnels advanced as much as they did like i'm glad people can learn faster but man like before tunnels and people had to learn in the sky by the time you were good you fucking loved it yeah you know? and yeah, like because you loved it, it like because because you still because there was still so much to learn you know and then the wind tunnel like the, the vegas came around it was like dude i love that shit because it made you good but it didn't make you great you know yeah. it made you a ninja but it didn't make you great you know it's like you still had to go learn how to skydive and then yeah. now these tunnels like dudes are all stoked about it for about a year and then they and then they've learned everything and then and then they a lot of them think they know it all and it's like ah oh, man go learn how to skydive now go, like learn how to spot an aircraft like <laughs> you know like the shit was the journey so much fucking fun like yeah. enjoy that shit yeah. like yeah oh what's the next tap oh what's the next goal what's the next goal what's the next and I was like what's your what's your end state goal yeah. because i never had an end state goal my end state goal was do this as long as i fucking can that's my end state goal <laughs> you know like because i love it right exactly. what do you love about this jake what do you love <laughs> about it dude and i think it kind of comes back to the people you know like that's the group that you connect with and i i tell this story kind of all the time and people have probably heard this or listen to the podcast but i never heard it it's crazy because like i'll take my personal example in Ogden. i had a, a really good friend nick lock gauged ears neck tattoos all the things all the and things. chris argyle cowboy hat full-on cowboy like Never in a million years would I think that I would be best friends with like like Buck Rogers fucking cowboy or or more like uh Rob Zombie cowboy. No, like like grew up on a farm, you okay. know. That's what he's doing again. He's farming and ranching, but gotcha. he's old long cowboy, you know. And um, but it's crazy, like all and the three of us would hang out all the time, you know. Like never in a million years would you put those that three of a combination together ever. <laughs> and it's just it's cool that skydiving gives us that you know there's no walls no barriers or whatever you just you accept it because that's what it is you love doing it it. hell yeah so that's what i'd say for sure that's dope yeah cool well hell how do we get a hold of you you still doing coaching and stuff or are you, are you available for that stuff or i haven't been coaching the tunnel for quite a while actually um or what about sky so I do, um, I'm working on the sports side of the military or I mean of flight one. Mm -hmm. So job is flight one military, which kind of obviously behind the scenes in the scattering world with that. Right. But I do do some courses at Skydive Tennessee, Skydive Alabama, um, music city skydiving. I kind of rotate through that area in the Tennessee area and little, uh, little side yeah. hustle with the canopy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how are they going to go about doing that? Facebook, Jake Jensen, or uh, Instagram. I'm not great at social media on either, but I'm always I'm on it. I keep them for this purpose. Right. But Jake Jensen three three one on Instagram and Jake Jensen on Facebook. 
Right. So if he doesn't get straight back to you straight away, he's not living on the socials. <laughs> I, I lived the same fucking life, friend. I went and disappeared into this, into my little bubble. I got, you know, yeah. I got a good thing going on with, <laughs> with, the, with the stuff I got going on. And, uh, and when people want to get coaching and stuff, it's like, oh, just contact me on, on Facebook or Instagram. And then I'm never really on it. So I don't get their messages until like they're gone, you know? And I'm like, ah, shit, they think I'm a flake. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't know you good enough to give you my actual phone number. (laughs) My bad. Anyway, thank you for your time. Dude. Really appreciated it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, uh, good good to catch up with you. Cause yeah, for sure. Same exact. Always. I I never really, we didn't cross paths, but we knew each other. Right. Right. Right being utards and stuff and yeah 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 yeah. no you're the, you're the kid you're the kid that i only got to see at parties <laughs> and we're like we always got along and don't know why yeah. it's because we have too many common people yeah so it's like it's impossible that we don't know each other yeah but this is probably the longest conversation we've ever had yeah 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 you know so. what they're, they're probably gonna say man they should do a show together <laughs> let's do That's it holy shit yeah. What you got hanging on the walls in the background there? So this is funny. I so you know Skylar Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in his house right now. This is his loft. And uh I have he is I'm looking down at you right now. So like <laughs> I've had to look at myself to make it look more natural this whole time, but you're actually down here. So okay. um so I'm looking at the pictures on the walls. Skylar so Beck's that- got more shit than anybody I know. Oh yeah. Like climbing yeah. gear. He's got all of it. Like when he gets yeah. into something, boy, like, <laughs> yep. if he got into boating, he would own a dock. Like he would own the, like, you know, he'd own like the bay, like, yeah. 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 So he's, he's always, it's, it's funny. Cause he kind of took me under his wing when I was a new skydiver. He was like the first one and, and we became, we'd become very good friends, but yeah. he's boy, very I mean, generous, man he has a loft here in his place right on 25th street. And, um, he lets me keep my couch that I'm sitting on in my bed because I moved to Tennessee and put my couch and bed in here. And so whenever I'm here, this is usually. Yeah, dude, Skylar Beck. I want to say thank you for uh, being a fucking dope ass dude that I needed in my life when I was a shithead human. (laughs) Cause he knew me when I was at my darkest point in time. And he, um, he was always legit. So thanks, buddy. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, hey, I've ate up enough of your time. Um, Appreciate- I'm going to cut it off here. I'm going to say thank you once again. Uh, yep. People, if you want to if you want to get some canopy coaching from my man, go ahead and hit him up on those social medias. All right. Yep. Jake. Sounds good. Much love, thank- brother. Rock on, man. All right. Later, buddy. And there you have it, another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right, head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now 
now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around. Alright gang, so just a quick heads up. Uh, instead of doing what I've been promising for ages, which is to get around to that audiobook, instead I went ahead and compiled all 10 years of the Blue Skies writing that I did and put it together in a fucking book. You'll be able to find it in pretty much any of the marketplaces that Amazon has. It is literally every single word I ever wrote from that magazine, and it's all put together in nice book form. You can buy it in ebook, you can buy it in paperback, and believe it or not, you can even buy it in fucking hardback. Uh, again, it's going to be available here really, really soon. This one not only includes all the articles that were in the first fucking pilot book, but about 60 more articles. It's got 350 or so pages of some pretty funny, inappropriate, and hopefully informative shit. So check it out.